0: meg mccabe a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a phd in having a good time just kidding about that last part anyway thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show hey everyone welcome to another episode of the show today is a solo show And I am so grateful to be speaking with all of you today. Wanted to give you a few life updates. First of all, I have had the most gorgeous, stunning, beautiful fall weekend in Connecticut. This has been my first fall back in Connecticut for four years. And I am just falling back in love with all of it no pun intended there the leaves are so vibrant right now today was bright and sunny and crisp outside and warm and none of the leaves have fallen down yet so it's been absolutely gorgeous i've been doing all of the fall activities and i know that there is this narrative that enjoying the fall is basic whatever I honestly do not care. I am embracing everything I can about the fall because it's my favorite time of year. And I know that the fall is really fleeting after you only have a few weekends and then the leaves fall and it turns into winter, which is pretty cold and dark and dreary. I am fully embracing it. I am loving it. Yesterday I went to a cidery on a farm with one of my best friends. And then today I went pumpkin picking with my mom and it was awesome. I ended up picking a pumpkin that was perfectly round and it was 20 pounds. It was pretty heavy. And it had this really haunted, spooky looking vine on the top. And it also had some green speckles mixed into the orange of the pumpkin. And I had a fun time picking an alternative pumpkin like not your classic perfect orange pumpkin it kind of has more of a spooky vibe and I'm really excited about it so that was awesome and yeah so embracing the fall I hope all of you are too and if you're afraid of it being too basic just say screw that narrative I enjoy this I like this I'm going to own it and also I do have a little fun update with you as far as my dating life goes. I've actually been going on a few dates, and I have gone out a few times with a guy I have known since high school, which is crazy. We actually went on a few dates 13 years ago, leading up to senior prom, which cracks me up. And that was the time I was really deep in my eating disorder. And basically, over the past few weeks, I've been learning even more about how much I was not focused on the present moment during that time. And I was really only focused on my eating disorder and food. And to be honest, I had only remembered going on one date with this person. And he told me recently, we went on like three or four dates. Like we did mini golf, we did bowling. There was like a double date in there. And Yes, I could have just forgotten them and be terrible with memory, but my gut tells me that I was just too far gone on planet eating disorder to take it all in back in the day. And it makes me really sad to think that I wasn't present or focused for some of those bigger moments in life, like first dates in high school. So anyway... Dating life might be taking a turn for the better at the moment, but I'm just going to leave you guys with that little tidbit of information and we'll just see how everything goes, right? This is life and I'm just taking it one day at a time at this point. Anyway, wanted to shift gears to the recovery content. Today, we are going to do another recovery hangups episode. A few months ago, I did three of the most common recovery hangups and that one did really well. So many people loved it. They felt called out when it comes to their own recoveries. So I wanted to write another hangups episode and hopefully call out some of you and your eating disorders so that you don't fall into these traps. Common recovery hangup that I've seen all the time is that when people are in the weight restoration process, typically the team will pick a target weight range that they are guesstimating is the healthy weight range for that individual. And what I see a lot is that this individual recognizes their body isn't in a safe place with their weight. So they are motivated to reach their goal range. But once they hit that minimal number, they stay stuck at their minimal number goal weight instead of embracing the fullness of and possibilities of the range. And I see someone reach a goal weight set up by their team and then they just get stuck there like all of their motivation just fizzles away and they actually start restricting again because they're afraid of going over that minimal number set by the team and typically our bodies heal faster than our brains do so when someone is tasked with weight restoration and recovery they get up to the very minimum of their goal weight, and then they just freeze in place. And all positive momentum stops because now they're at that, quote, safe weight determined by maybe their doctor. They cannot justify gaining more weight in their head, even if their natural body size might be a bit higher in weight than that minimum number. And what happens here is their eating disorder tells them that they are suddenly all better because they are at that, quote, healthy minimal weight that their team has determined. And then that narrative keeps getting perpetuated in their brain and their eating disorder thinks, oh, well, you're not sick anymore because you've reached this minimal number. But Unfortunately, this individual might still be physically and mentally restricting their food and using behaviors. So their eating disorder constantly reminds them how bad things used to be. So they find a way to settle for staying in quasi-recovery. So the narrative sounds like, oh, you're doing fine. Remember how bad it used to be? it's not that bad anymore. And hey, you've reached this minimal weight, so you're recovered now. And that's not true. And deep down, there's this dishonesty with yourself that, okay, physically, maybe things are getting restored, but my mental state has not changed. There's still a lot of fat phobia. There's still a lot of body image problems, obsession with food, fear of breaking your food rules, and no food freedom. So unfortunately, there is no perfect way to get off of quasi-recovery island than to be honest with yourself about your fears at this point. What about gaining more weight scares you? Do you think it might be possible for you to adapt to another larger-sized body, and see what happens after that. What is the trade-off of that last stretch of restoration? So would you rather have a life of deprivation and false control, or would you rather choose a life of freedom, true abundance, and body acceptance? And I think when you freeze at that minimal goal weight, you're not giving your chance to fully reach recovery and feel deep down what life could offer if you just take more steps courageously towards the size your body naturally wants to be at. And remember, those ranges that are set by your team might not be accurate to what your body really needs. And the only way you will know what that weight range is really is for you is when you've come to a peaceful place with food and you're at a place of food freedom. You're not over-exercising. So you've healed your relationship with exercise, with food, and with body image. That internal struggle is no longer there. And that's really the way you want to find yourself existing in, right? So that gets into set point theory, which I bring up a lot on this show. And we're not going to dive into that today. But anyway, that is the first hang up I wanted to talk about, reaching the minimal goal weight and then gaslighting yourself into thinking, oh, I'm totally fine now. And that is not true. Okay. The second hang up I see in recovery is that People see calories as an exact science and view their bodies like a machine. And this could not be farther from the truth. People get too tied up into calories and take them as if every calorie count on every package is extremely precise. And they think that their body needs the same exact number of calories per day although it's easy to forget that one's metabolism is not fixed. So in fact, your metabolism speeds up and slows down daily, depending on things like stress levels, hormone levels, the amount of sleep you got, immune system, food intake, lifestyle changes, and movement for that day. So there are days you can eat the same exact caloric breakfast And one day that breakfast will be completely filling and satisfying. And the next day you might eat that exact same breakfast and you feel really hungry almost immediately after. And this is normal and only speaks to the wide range of variation your body experiences day to day. And every day your body has different energy needs. So the calories in, calories out is a mere over simplification of your body's need for energy. And in fact, many of the calories you eat aren't even absorbed into your body. They're just pooped out, which is something nobody talks about either. But I'm going to leave you all with this. As a recovered person who is an intuitive eater, I truly believe calories can go F themselves. <laughs> and I used to fret and worry over. 10, 20, 100 calorie differences. And I used to think that those were huge changes. And from everything I know about calories now, small differences in calorie amounts really can't be accurately counted for. So why fret over something that might be so inaccurate in the first place? This is why in recovery, you must dramatically change your intake to start seeing any improvement mentally or physically if you have a restrictive eating disorder. I could literally eat a bunch of calories without even noticing it just by squirting extra salad dressing on my plate at a meal. And I would not know the difference from one day to the next. If you are finding that you are looking at calories as this very black and white science. You're relying too much on something that is pretty unreliable. And when you move from perhaps a meal plan to intuitive eating, you no longer have to rely on calories to know if you've eaten enough. In reality, you can just check in with your body and ask yourself, how am I feeling? Am I feeling full? Am I feeling hungry? What do I need to satisfy myself and it just becomes something you can detach from altogether. So when you truly have freedom with food, calories don't matter anymore. And I just want to say that I used to be a really rigid calorie counter. And the difference of 5, 10, 100, 200 calories, whatever, would really stress me out. I have been there and I know how hard it is to break free from that dependence on needing to know how many calories are in everything. So if you struggle with this, I just want to remind you that I do have another episode on this subject. It's episode 19 called How to Stop Counting Calories. So definitely go check that out if you haven't heard it yet. And the common hang up number three for this episode is that you believe the eating disorder lie that tells you you need to focus less on recovery so that you can, quote, have a life again. <laughs> I hear this all the time. If you hear your eating disorder telling you that recovery is taking up too much time and you don't have a life and you need to have a life again, honestly, if you think about it, this really makes no sense I have folks tell me they spend all their time focusing on recovery and miss having a life. And while it absolutely sucks to dedicate several months or several years of healing to your eating disorder, you need this to be a consistent daily part of your life and you need to take consistent daily action. Recovery is something you need to be vigilant and on top of at all times. So when your eating disorder tells you that you should do recovery less to get a life, basically what it's saying is that it wants you to take your eyes off the goal and shift your focus away from getting better so that the eating disorder can more deeply reroot itself back into your life without you noticing. I'm telling you this loud and clear. Recovery needs to be your priority in life. If you half-ass recovery so that you can have more of a life, you will end up half-assing your life too. You cannot just, quote, have a life again by focusing on recovery less. What that's doing is sucking up more of your precious time stuck in your eating disorder. It's way better to put a lot of time and energy into your recovery up front than only partially putting energy into recovery here and there when you're feeling up for it. And that strategy will not get you anywhere. So if your eating disorder is telling you that you need to, quote, get a life again and pull back on recovery you need to remind yourself that reaching full recovery is how you get your life back. And it will most likely be an even better life than the one you had before your eating disorder. So if recovery feels really overwhelming for you, it might not be because you don't have a life. It might actually be because you have too much going on. And you don't have the energy to focus on recovery. And recovery requires a lot of energy. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, I highly recommend taking more, quote, life things off your plate. For instance, perhaps take some time off from school or work or set appropriate boundaries with people and situations that drain you. In reality, if your eating disorder is telling you that recovery is taking away from your life, just remind yourself that recovery is meant to be temporary. You want to do full court press recovery action so that you can get out of this period of your life. Recovery is meant to be a season of your life. And my heart goes out to those who have been stuck in recovery for years. But you really need to be giving as much Of your conscious effort as you can daily and consistently, so that you can fully move on from your eating disorder when you finally reach recovery. Again, do not believe the lies that your eating disorder tells you that you should be focusing less on getting better. Recovery is a full time job, and I believe that 100%. Okay, so. Those are my three common recovery hangups for you. This is the second edition of this episode. And to reiterate, the three recovery hangups of this episode include reaching the minimal goal weight set by your team and then staying stuck there, two is seeing calories as an exact science when they're really not, and three, believing the eating disorder lie that tells you you need to recover less and get a life back. Because we all know that full recovery requires full focus on your recovery. (laughs) All right. So that's it for now, folks. I'll probably keep making more versions of this episode as time goes on. I hope all of you enjoyed it today. And I do want to say I am so grateful for everyone who listens to this show. You all mean so much to me, and I love making podcasts for you. So thank you for being here. And for those of you who are just so ready to consume more recovery content, I highly recommend you go over to YouTube and check out my new YouTube channel, with Anne-Claire Yunjay Chalk. She is another eating disorder recovery coach and my work wife. And we just started a YouTube channel a few weeks back called The Meg and Anne-Claire Show. And I hope you guys go wander on over to YouTube, go follow us and subscribe. I think you're gonna love it. It's a little bit more like a recovery talk show with some advice and wisdom woven throughout. I hope you guys enjoy that too. And with that, thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time on the next episode of the Full and Thriving Podcast.